on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. If there's something that absolutely has to happen in your business and you want to do it, you need to hire it out. I know as an entrepreneur and as a kind of a high level thinker that crunching numbers and doing bookkeeping is just not my skill set. I'm not going to do right. it. If it's not something I love doing, I'm not going to. So um, hiring it out. And so, you know, we didn't want to spend the money on a bookkeeper, the money on a, you know, a CPA for taxes and all that. And I'm like, now that, now that we do that, we hire all those, those things out. Dang, yeah. why didn't I do this earlier? Man, this is like a yeah. no-brainer. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, everybody, I'm Chaz Wolf. Back at you, gathering the kings. Josh Nicodemus on the king stage today. Brother, welcome. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me on the show, brother. Yeah, man. So um, tell us what kind of business that you're in. I got all kinds of questions for you today, but tell us what kind of business that you're in. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I guess I guess the IRS would think that I'm a real estate investor, right? That's That's what most people would call it. But, you know, the truth be told, I'm really in construction. You know, yeah. yes, we're flipping houses, we're building new construction and we're buying rental properties and right. and all the standard stuff. And I've done a lot of wholesaling in the past, not so much anymore. Um, so, you know, generally I would say real estate investor, but really my strength is construction and my previous, uh, you know, this is my second seven figure business before this business. I was, a I owned a, a remodeling business and, nice. um, and so that's where I'm coming from. And yeah, and even though I'm I'm an investor, I'm really like a hammer swinger. Yeah, yeah. I'm down to, so. Well, I love I, I appreciate you bringing that perspective um, of your history because that'll I think give us a couple of talking points along the way here uh, for the show. But I love how those things obviously go together, like you know, real estate and construction, especially in the renovation perspective of of investing uh, in real estate. And so it's really two businesses in one. You you had the one business, and then you just bolted on something else, and now it call it's called something different. You know, um, yeah. So incredible. I appreciate that. Um, question before we get started, and then I want to get to some of the some of the juicy details. But at this level, your second seven plus figure business, you've made it, man. Like especially in the real estate world, like you know, I'm sure you got cash flow coming in. Every time I've talked with you, including now you're in a t-shirt and a shirt, you're just chilling, you're near the beach. Like, bro, yeah. why do you still do this after all of the success that you've had? Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, so a couple of things. Uh, one is, as you know, as, as much as I do, and I are entrepreneur is uh, when you, when you get to the point where you've made it or, you know, quote unquote made it, you've never really made it right. Your, your eyes are set on something bigger by the time you get there. And so that's a big part of it. And then the other thing is, you know, my, my big why, if, if that's really what you're, you're getting at is, yeah. is my family. And, and when I say family, I, what I, what everybody thinks I mean is my wife and kids. And, and of course they're a big part of it, but yeah. even more than that is uh, my business is a family run business. So um, I've got six guys that I'm, you know, my direct relatives, brothers, brothers-in-laws, that work for me and, and with me. And so, you know, it's not just my family, it's their families that are yeah. you know, relying 
on all all this to, to to be up and running. So yeah, and um, you're not figuratively talking about them being your family. They are they are blood family, hundred uh, percent, and yeah. part of your business family, and part of my team. So it's it's like you know I'm in fact I'm on vacation right now in the Outer Banks, and you know half of my team is here because they're all family, and I'm like man, you know it they're all, you know, they're all relying on me. Of course we were all rely on each other, but they're relying on me yeah. to pay their bills and feed their families. And so that's yeah. a big, that's a, that's some weight on your shoulders, man. And that's, um, yeah. it's a, a privilege and a big responsibility. So, uh, yeah. that's the, that's the big why really. I can't agree with you more from both of the perspectives that you gave, but the last one, the, the weight, the weight of the crown, if you will, as a King, um, it's, it's really cool when you, and I, and I've got a follow-up question to this after I make this point, but the listener right now, maybe, maybe they've gotten like a touch of this feeling as they've grown their business, maybe with a small team, or maybe they've, they've got a, an actual family that they're trying to provide for, but the perspective that changes from the six to seven figure, or like, I like to say the warrior stage to the King stage is really, you start, you start looking outward as opposed to inward. And now it becomes about everybody else that's around you, like literally your family, wife, kids, even your extended family, but then your team for you, it's the same, but your team, your community, your church, the the city that you live in, like all of the things that we have now that we are way on our shoulders or the weight of the crown, if you will. But my question to you, knowing that now is where did you first like recognize that? Or where did you first feel that where it transitioned for you out of the, like, I'm just building this for me, maybe me and my wife and kids unto the weight of everything else that you've described. Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, I would say that that really took place in my first seven figure business as a remodeling company owner. Right. So yeah. um, I brought on in that, in that business, I brought on a couple family members as well. And then, uh, you know, also brought on some other guys that, you know, they were already, you know, they weren't, they weren't kids, right. They had, they had families. And so, you know, my job and, and my business partner's job was to make sure that we could sell enough work to really provide for these guys. And that, you know, we made smart decisions on how we did projects and, and all that. So, um, you know, that, that happened pretty early on and I never, I don't, I don't take hiring lightly. Um, I really, I really run my numbers and, and, you know, I shoot from the hip for a whole lot of stuff I do, but not, not, <laughs> not hiring. hiring. No. Yeah. No. So, okay. Yeah. We think about that a lot. Yeah. And so what do you think? Um, and so I guess I'm correlating for the listener here. It was that moment where there almost like a realization that you had of like, wow, like someone else and their family is like, they eat because I went and did what I was supposed to do. Hundred percent, and I really believe this that you know that that leaders eat last, and yeah. so you know if somebody on my team we have a rough week, a rough month, rough year, and if something ever happened, now thankfully I'm very blessed to say this never happened, but if we ever came up short, right. um, they're getting their paycheck and I'm not. You know what I mean? And that's the priority that I have with these guys. And so yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's a lot. You know, when, as a business owner, and you hire and you grow, and and at some point you you know, you could be tempted to stop thinking about that or take it lightly, but it really is. It's a big deal, you know? Yeah, no, it really is. Um, my first couple of years, probably first two, three, four years of owning several franchises. And I had a, I had a, a good, uh, contact of mine that had become a friend who was a manager. And, uh, we were joking about him wanting to swap pay with me. And I was like, 
fantastic. Are you sure? And he was like, yeah, I'm like, great. I just got an upgrade. I got a, I got a raise. And he's like, no, what? Like, <laughs> shut up. You know, like, bro, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you think happens in this organization, but you get paid every two weeks. Me, not so much, you know, but, um, there's yeah. obviously a, a way to build a business to make sure that that happens, you know, and those are my younger years. But the point is, is that I was taking care of the, the responsibility, you know, before yourself as the owner, which is right. That's what you have to do. I mean, it's hard for a lot of guys, you know, they, they think of entrepreneurship and all the glamorous stuff that goes along with it and, and yeah. the cars and the houses and all that. Okay. Yeah, that's all, that's all cool. You could get there, but man, if you're not taking care of your people first, yeah. um, what do you have? Yeah. Yeah. The sustainability, that's what good people or a good team equals is something that's stable or going to be around for a long time. Um, because they're going to have your back in, in so many ways. I was just talking to an entrepreneur yesterday and he was like, you know, I had a team member basically tell me cause he's play, he's going out of town next week and he was nervous about it, you know? And his lead guy was like, bro, don't even think about calling. Don't think about And, and I'm like, that's what you need in order like to take those first couple of steps to really step away. Cause man, you're building something really cool and you got to give them some space. And so um, I think most listeners today at the six figure level are like just hoping to have at least a person like that. But once you find uh, those people kind of got to hold on to them. So let's, let's dig into your story here. Since you got two successful businesses, we can, we can get uh, all kinds of um, background for you. Before we talk about some specifics, how did you get started in business? Was it the construction business that got you going first or was it a different one before that? It was. Yeah, it was construction. So, you know, I was uh, always like, one of those guys that I just couldn't stand to sit at a desk. And so, you know, right out of, out of high school, I was going to college, you know, like a community college part time and was working for a local construction company that my mom actually was doing the bookkeeping for. Okay. She's yeah. like, hey, you know, I hear, and it was like, I was like 18 or 17 or something. Like, hey, you know, um, we're you know, I got an opening for the summer. You want to jump in and try it? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I like working with my hands, and so jumped into it, and then just fell in love with it. And wow. um, so worked for them for like seven years. And uh, you know, the owner was kind of getting older, looking towards retirement, and I was not seeing a future there. And so um, one of my coworkers and I started kind of chatting. And uh, long story short, we we're like, let's just do our own thing, man. We, we know what we're doing. We can we can do yeah. this. Yeah. So, uh, did that with my business partner and, um, and very quickly, uh, scaled to a seven figure business with, you know, uh, 10, 12 employees and, and trucks on the road and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and a lot of, a lot of heartache and a lot of mistakes made along the way, of course. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that was the first business that I started and, and then sort of transitioned, uh, into real estate as a natural progression. Yeah. Um, something I wanted to do and he didn't. So we, he and I are still good friends. We still talk all the time, but it's just like, Hey, you know, uh, this is the direction I want to go. So, yeah. you know, how much, how much do you want to pay me for my half of the business? And yeah, exactly. So, so that's what we did. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that it ended like that. Um, cause it doesn't often. Um, so that's pretty cool that you guys had that. Um, okay. So as you were, as you were kind of like getting the bug, if you will, for the, you know, the entrepreneurial like leave, if you will, why do you think that that was important to you rather than just finding another company to work for? You know, uh, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, I think part of it was like, I, I've always just been a little bit entrepreneurial, you know, even as a kid, I was out there, there was the one out there, you know, cutting grass, shoveling snow. And, um, yeah. and I liked the idea of not being capped by somebody else. Sure. And, you know, I had that when I, in my first construction job, 
I noticed that, you know, it's like I was progressing very quickly with my skills and, and talents and, and ready to take my uh, responsibilities and pay to the next level. And to some extent, I was capped by the people above me. And right. if that, that business owner didn't want to grow, he didn't want to make it any bigger. And so there sort of was a lack of opportunity for me to get to the next level within somebody else's business. Right. And so the natural idea was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm willing Cap to it. take a risk here. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I just don't, I don't want somebody over my head. It's not that I could never work for a boss, although now, you know, <laughs> 10 years into it, I don't think I could work for a boss again, but yeah, it was more, it was more like, I think I can take this further than, than this guy can. So. Yeah, hundred percent. I love that. Uh, I think every entrepreneur can relate to that. Um, let's go into some, like you you had mentioned several bad decisions along the way or mistakes. What's the one of the comes like quick to your mind about just like something detrimental that um, most guys listening right now can can write down and stay clear from? Yeah, for sure. So for me, uh, it, it was KPIs. Uh, I've never been a numbers geek and. You know, I would have, you know, I've had mentors in the past that were like, yeah, what, what do your KPIs look like? And I'm like, KP what? I, <laughs> I don't, I don't do KPIs, man. And, right. um, and, and on a couple of occasions, both in that previous business and in my current business, I've gone and looked back at the end of a year at something that I wasn't tracking and realized, man, we lost a bunch of money yeah. on that market, you know, on that marketing strategy or whatever. Sure. And so, uh, quite a few times not watching my numbers has, has kind of gotten me in trouble or maybe not got me in trouble where, you know, we were at risk of, you know, falling apart, but it was like, dang, I wasted 40 grand on that marketing channel and yep. didn't even pay attention to it, you know? Yeah. Didn't um, even know. So yeah, KPIs are a weak point for me. And that's, that's been along the way, even before, you know, we were doing marketing when it was like, in, just in our construction business, it was like, how close are we watching these jobs and how much money are they making? Right. And and, and if you got any listeners in here that are in the trades, they may they may um, understand what I'm talking about. That it's real easy to try to roll money from one job to the next, and then you get to the end of the year and you're like, "Dang, what happened, man?" Like, yeah, yeah, you just weren't paying attention. So, what's the lesson here that you've been able to put into place? Obviously, you're probably not perfect at it, being that's not like a natural suit for you. But what have you done to kind of counteract? Yeah. So, uh, the, the lesson for me was if there's something that absolutely has to happen in your business and you want to do it, you need to hire it out. I know as an entrepreneur and as a kind of a high level thinker that crunching numbers and doing bookkeeping is just not my skill set. I'm not going right. to do it. If it's not something I love doing, I'm not going to. So, um, hiring it out. And so, you know, we didn't want to spend the money on a bookkeeper, the money on a, you know, a CPA for taxes and all that. And I'm like, now that now that we do that, we hire all those those things out. Dang, yeah. man, why didn't I do this earlier, man? This is like a yeah. no brainer. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think that uh, the two things that you just mentioned are an absolute must: bookkeeper and CPA. For anybody that's listening right now, I mean, you can get a you can get those services for <laughs> reasonable. I mean, I don't want to say cheap because that makes it sound like un, not valuable, but in comparison to what your value is as the owner to the business to go get another job or shake another hand or create another relationship or build a team or whatever it is that your skill sets are, are uh, helping you with in the business right now. I guarantee you right now, crunching your numbers and doing your bookkeeping and, and filing your own taxes is not helping you. And so that's a super okay. easy one. And I would even challenge some of the listeners, maybe even you and I, because I know that's what I'm looking at right now. The next level up from that is CFO, right? Or a fractional right. CFO. 
right? Going like, okay, so if I'm yeah. really not that numbers guy, <laughs> who's on my team that's really paying attention? Because if I'm not, um, even further than just the monthly PL um, and yearly taxes, you know, so there's always another Definitely. level, it seems like. <laughs> Definitely. No, there is. I mean, it's just like you said, you know, the monthly PL comes in and you're like, okay, you know, okay, I didn't have to put this together, but what am I doing with this information? What right. decisions are we making based on these numbers? And so, yep. like you said, you know, a CFO might be a, might be a good next step. Yep. hundred percent. Okay, good. So let's flip the coin. Let's talk about a good decision that you've made that has just meant everything to you that we can, uh, we can go implement right away. Yeah. So, uh, the, the good decision is sort of the flip side of that mistake in that is hiring on the right people. And so, and, and like I mentioned earlier on, whether that's family or whatever, uh, a lot of people, they're like, dude, you hire family, you're nuts. Like that's right. how do you even, you know, whatever, but no, it's been the best decision for me. Um, you know, and hiring on guys that have skill sets just so I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a believer in the, in the, what's that book? It's Gina Whitman rocket is rocket fuel. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The US. So yeah. I really believe in, in the visionary and the integrator. And so my business partner is the integrator and I play the visionary. And so I, you know, just hiring, hiring on guys that can help you grow your business and yeah. don't look at, don't look at every employee like an expense, right? They, if yeah. you look at what they are versus what they can produce for you, it's, you know, growing wisely. Um, yeah. those, those have been some of the best decisions I've made is, is growing our team. Um, you have to do it carefully, but it, it's, right. been, it's been one of the best things we've ever done. Yeah, I'm going to associate this back to something you said earlier. You said that um, I don't take hiring lightly. And basically, I shoot from the hip from a, on a lot of things, but hiring is absolutely not one of them. And so what you've kind of just recently said is that there's a certain role and seats on the bus uh, that are kind of outlined. And I want, I'm looking for someone pretty specific. And so um, have you gone through a process or maybe it's just, you know, rocket fuel and traction with the EOS program uh, to help identify these seats? Um, and then do you use a tool to help you find the right person, whether it's family or not? Like give us some of the the tactics there. Yeah. So a lot, a lot, this is another one where a lot of mistakes have been made along the way. And that's why everybody says, you know, uh, hire slowly and fire quickly. Right. But, you know, for me and, and what I look for, you know, skill sets are one thing, right. Whether or not guys have talent and skills, um, experience, those are all good things to look for. But even more than that, what we're looking for is, is attitude. And so we're really looking for guys that kind of jive with our current team. And, and what I mean by that is like, so like, for instance, we do a lot of stuff that I would consider like culture building activities and team building activities, things like, and, and once a year we, we get a cabin on a lake with our whole team. We go out there and we talk near the end of the year and we talk about our goals. And I, I have each of them bring their individual goals and we talk about business goals and all that kind of stuff, things that can help us grow closer together and to understand where each of us are coming from. Yeah. So, you know, we pay a lot of attention to culture. And so when hiring, it's not just skills that we're looking for. We're looking for like, man, can I see myself, you know, drinking a beer after work with this guy? And is, is he going to, and when we run into problems, is he going to take criticism? Well, and, and all those kinds of things. So, um, you know, as far as tools for that, man, honestly, it's, I wish I had some, some better tools. It's really sounds like your gut. It's a gut decision. It's face-to-face interviews. And then it's making micro corrections and adjustments. You know, once the hire has been made, it's not letting things go too far before an adjustment needs to be made, you know? Yeah. hundred percent, which is, which is expectation and communication, which 
I'm, it circles me back to what I was really interested in a few minutes ago is that you said family's been one of the best decisions for you. And I would say that a lot of people, to your point, would say the exact opposite. But I probably, I can probably hit the one, you know, the one word, the communication or expectations is really the the difference. And so explain, explain yourself. How, how have you, how have you made that work with not just one, but multiple family members and it be a really good scenario? Yeah. So, um, you know, just, just like you just said, it really is setting expectations with these guys and then having regular, like, well, like you said, regular communication and just saying, Hey, you know, and sitting them down, you know, once a month or every other month after work and saying, Hey man, how are things going? Like, you know, are you happy? You happy with the way things are going? Are we happy with your progress and, and right. the decisions you're making? And I think it, you know, it's making adjustments and, and criticisms, but in a way that is um, gracious and patient and humble, yeah. because I've made my share of mistakes. So totally. who am I to come down on these guys and be a jerk in the way I say it? Yeah. And so, you know, I really, I really try hard to, you know, have difficult conversations, but in a way that is kind and yeah. and gracious, you know? Yeah. So what I'm hearing um, and for the listener to write this down is I'm hearing that a standard has to be in place, right? Like there has to be a standard, um, some sort of an idea of this is the role and this is what we're agreeing to. That's what expectations are. And then communication around how that's going so that the standard can be kept as well as the relationship can be kept, whether they're family or not. That's where the piece comes in for you, where you're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm gracious. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to come from a humble approach. Like all of those things are to keep the relationship, whether they're family or not, the relationship of the person is the culture. Um, it's yeah. the reason why the team's going to grow or not grow, AKA them stay around and be a, be a, a productive member or not, you know? So um, he's given you so many tactical things just in these two points here, but um, hopefully that helps you take some uh, extra notes here. So I want to ask you a quick question around discipline or process so that we can get to good decisions. And so obviously we've gone back and forth here with good and bad, but is there, is there a discipline that you exercise or a process that you follow now to help you try to make like repeated good decisions? Yeah, there is. Um, and so part of that is collaboration with my business partner and my team. And so, um, one thing we do is yes, of course, my partner and I make all the big decisions for our business, but we like our team to weigh in on things that it's appropriate for them to weigh in on. And sure. so we may say, you know, we may, we may do a, a meeting after work on a Friday and, and like I said, grab a beer with the guys and just sit down and let's talk through our standard operating procedures, right? Let's hit these SOPs and see, you right. know, are things going the way we want them to? Um, here's, you know, here's a change we're thinking about making. How do you guys feel about this? Right. And um, man, there's uh, they, those guys bring a lot of value because they're in the trenches every day. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, it's really, you know, part of that is just, you know, kind of going with your gut decision-making and part of it is collaborating with the team to see, here's what my partner and I are thinking. What do you guys think? You know? Um, yeah. And ultimately we're responsible for the decision that gets made, but we've changed operating procedures in the past just because, you know, taking what these guys say in the light and like, yeah, you know what? They're right. Um, yeah. Let's, let's shift, let's shift that thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Especially for things that aren't super dramatic to either the bottom line or the culture of the business. And so you don't want to be wishwashy as far as like just letting your team decide to left or right uh, to your point. But man, the value of letting their voice be heard, not just in the meeting, but then you executing 
not on everything, but on some things, it goes a long way uh, with your team. I'm sure. I know it does with mine. It does. Absolutely. Um, you know, these guys want to feel, uh, they want to feel heard and they, they want to feel like their, their input is valuable and it is. Yeah. And so a lot of, a lot, I think a lot of guys take this, you know, ownership thing or this boss thing to a, to a level where really they're just walking all over their people. And, you know, you do it that way. Cause I said to, and right. you know, maybe, maybe there's something about that. Maybe there is a time and a place for that. Sure. But more, more often than not, it's like, Hey, we're a team, you know, I don't, I don't call any of my people employees, right. They're team members. Right. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, make, let their voices be heard and then make decisions um, that you think are best based on what they're bringing to you. Yeah. hundred percent. Love that. Okay. Um, are you ready for the speed round, Josh? Do it, man. All right. So one word answers if you can, but I'm probably going to ask you follow-up questions. So don't, don't be surprised. First question is what metric would you choose if you could only pick one to track inside the business forever and ever? What would it be? So this is a difficult one. Sorry, it's not a one word answer because I have to kind of explain myself here. It's the most important metric to me, but it can't be tracked. Uh, not on a spreadsheet, not in a CRM. And that is how happy and how unified is my team? What level of happiness do these guys have uh, at work? And, yeah. and unfortunately, that's just not something you can throw into a spreadsheet. Um, no. How do you track it? Regular discussions and meetings and just, you know, getting guys honest feedback and opinions and, hey, what are your struggles? You know, what, yeah. what are you happy with? Are you, are you cool with, you know, or is, are you making the money work and, and all these things? And, uh, man, I wish there was like a metric, like a KPI that I could just plug that in, but yeah. now it's a peop- it's a people business. So it's, yeah. yeah. How happy are our people? How unified is our team? That, that's the one metric I really care about. Yeah. I love that. I think that, um, you know, there, there's a lot of other metrics that, that are affected by that metric, um, uh, that we could probably go down a pretty long road on, but I love that answer. So that's great. Um, what book would you recommend that a six figure owner read who's trying to get to that seven figure mark? So it's really silly. Uh, the book is called rhinoceros success. Okay. And, um, it's written by Scott Alexander and it's a book really about mindset and it's not, it's not necessary. Now, like if you wanted real tactical books, I would say that, you know, rocket fuel and traction, those are great sure. books, but yeah. I, the one book I recommend to everybody is Rhinoceros Success and it's, it's a mindset thing. It's about, you know, putting your head down, plowing through obstacles. And my very first mentor that I paid recommended that book. And it's, it's been on my shelf and in my ear since. So nice. I love that. Yeah. I think that, um, that's perfect for the stage of, uh, just kind of put, got to get your head down and, and you gotta, you gotta build a business big enough to at some point be able to make the, the bigger decisions. Um, and that's, that's exactly where the listener is. So that's a, that's a great recommendation. Um, next question. Do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, so I'm in a couple of small groups with guys, like for instance, uh, I'm in a, like a Marco Polo, I don't know if you're familiar with Marco Polo, yeah. but Marco Polo group with a couple of guys that are in my industry and, and local to me. Uh, yeah. one is the, one is the, the owner of my local title company and another is like another, you know, a couple other investors. Sure. And so, yeah, I do that on a regular basis. And then, um, you know, I've had my share of paid masterminds and mentorships. Sure. Um, so those are always valuable and, um, and I've got my own mastermind as well. Just a small one that, uh, you know, I mentor some, some young guys getting into business. So that's been, uh, you know, so yeah, a handful of different things, but yes, definitely intentionally talking with guys. 
Yeah, I, uh, just for a half second here, I would love to love to just chat with you, especially with the guys that that are in your group. Why do you think? I mean, I guess you could answer it from like why you've previously joined, but but why why does it why does a guy join your group? Uh, you know, really, uh, and and I, you know, I, I, this is not a plug because I actually don't charge for mentorship anymore. Um, I think uh, I think it's a great business. I think I, I probably should be charging for it, uh, <laughs> but you know, a guy would join because he wants to either get from from zero deals to his first deal in real estate. Yeah. Um, or he looks to, you know, he's looking to scale up his business from one deal a month to five deals a month or, or whatever that is. Sure. Uh, but get it, just getting around, it's just so much value in getting around other guys that are doing what you're doing and especially around guys that are um, ahead of you, right? You want to get to somewhere uh, that you're not currently at, you, you need to talk to somebody who's already been there. And yep. so, man, it's just... It's a no-brainer. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know why people are scared. I mean, I know why people are scared to pay for mentorships. Yeah. But you know, I've I've spent a fair amount of money on mentorships, and they've all paid themselves off. So. Yeah, um, I think that you brought up two points here that I think are just so key, especially to where the listener is. I remember being at that place and hearing about coaching or mentorships or groups or whatever, and um, knowing that I always wanted to level up, but scared to spend the money. You know. Because there's no like direct, I pay this and then I get this, you know, yep. this, 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 let me hold on to something. Yep. But man, just like you just said, um, the, the revenue of my businesses have grown um, because of who I am. And sometimes that's individual coaching or like you said, a group or you're trying to get specific niche information of, of how to grow my specific type of business. I'm going to join the specific type of group. I think all those are just fantastic. But it, it takes a level of investing into yourself. It has nothing to do with the actual, like, what am I going to get? It's like, I'm betting on me. You know, that's really what the decision is. Oh, so yeah, because of that, you, you need to go back and you need to tell your guys uh, that they have me to thank, uh, but you need to start charging them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll put the bug in there here. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those guys, this random guys on a podcast with told me I should start charging you guys, you know, I'm sure that's that'll right. go over that's well, right. but, but they, I bet you they take it, uh, they take it even more serious and they start like, you know, um, calculating the ROI, even though it's tough to do that. Like, like we were just talking about dollar for dollar, but man, you start leveling up pretty quick when you put your money where your mouth is. That's for sure. So that's it. When you, when you pay, you pay attention. And so I love that. I just, there's value, man. There's value in paying for, for mentorship for sure. That's right. Okay. Um, I got, I got one, one question before our final, um, this is a newer question. So you may not have heard it in some of the other shows you listen to, but, if you only had one hour each week to run your business, what would you do in that hour? Well, uh, for me, my most important job, you know, the one thing that I would say, you know, because I get out, you know, I get off job sites and I help guys in the field and I do all kinds of stuff. Uh, sure. But the most important thing for me is, is making offers on properties, right? That's my number one. That's my number one job is making offers. And so you know, if, if I couldn't do anything else, that would be the most important thing. Um, it would be shooting out offers left and right in that one hour. Um, yeah. And, yep. you know, the more opportunities you put in front of yourself. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Uh, last question. If you lost it all, Josh, all of it, what would you do, man? I think almost any entrepreneur is going to answer almost the same way. And, and that, that's not by saying I'm going to go be a greeter at Walmart. I would just, I would do this all again. I mean, I would just do it all again and I would do it faster and better than I did the first time. It's knowing what you're capable of and it's a skill set that nobody can ever take away from you. 
uh, once you've experienced it, it's like, man, there's no reason I couldn't do this all again. And, yeah. and I would, I would just do the same thing. There's a reason all these guys like Donald Trump and many others that have had, you know, billions lost everything and then got it all right back. Right. Yeah. Once, once you have it, nobody can take it away. from you. So. Yeah. It's so true. I love how you, how you positioned it like a skill set. Um, and actually off air, you know, right before this started, you and I were talking about just the value of getting around, whether it's guests on the show or people in your local community, whether it's a mastermind group, whatever, but you being able to talk with other business owners outside of your trade or your niche or your, or your business, because um, it, it only allows you to talk business, which is the skill set that you're referring to, is that if you know how to run a business and scale a business then you can do it over and over and over different industries in and out the same if you wanted to whatever um and that's what that's what no one can take away from because it's it's a skill set or a knowledge base of i know how to do this i know who i need where i need them i know how to build a team i know how to communicate i know how to sell i know how to you know uh, fulfill like all of these parts of a business and if you can get good at that skill set then it's not one or the other that you need to hone in on it's it's more of a who you know 100% who not how right yeah. Say, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a great, great, uh, great line. Great book too. So, um, no. well, dude, Josh, I just so appreciate, um, everything that you've given to us. It's been super valuable and such a fun conversation. How can someone connect with you if they just were like, dude, I gotta be in this guy's real estate group. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the easiest way is just through the social media and in per- particularly Instagram and Facebook. That's where I'm active. And, uh, you know, I post daily on those. So you, you know, hit me up on either one of those happy to chat and, yeah, that's that's the easiest way to get me. That's awesome, man. Well, we wish you, wish you uh, absolutely nothing but success in uh, in all that you got going on. And uh, never know, you know, um, with you being you being a different part of the country, maybe there's some uh, maybe there's some collabo deals that we need to do uh, coming up here as we press in. So, um, I just so appreciate you being here, man. Uh, blessings to you and the family while you're on vacation. Likewise, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.